Have you ever thought about starting your own podcast? When I was trying to get this podcast off the ground, I had a lot of questions. How do I record an episode? How do I get my show into all the apps that people like to listen to? How do I make money from my podcast? The answer to every one of these questions is really simple. Anchor. Anchor is a one-stop shop for recording, hosting, and distributing your podcast. And best of all, it's 100% free and ridiculously easy to use. And now, Anchor can match you with great sponsors who want to advertise on your podcast. That means you can get paid to podcast right away. In fact, that's what I'm doing right now. I love to use Anchor because of its ease of use and its multiple platform system that allows me to get my podcast to different people that listen to different podcasts on different apps. So if you've always wanted to start a podcast and make some money doing it, go to anchor.fm forward slash start and join today. And the diverse community of podcasters already using Anchor will be welcome to hear you. Again, that's anchor.fm forward slash start. I can't wait to hear your podcast. Things Black Podcast with your host, Mr. Black Ovation. This podcast is for the culture. So sit back, relax, enjoy as we begin to talk about all things black. Welcome to the All Things Black Podcast with your host, Mr. Black Ovation. And this is my third episode um, launching this podcast. Um, Today, we have a subject that's really near and dear to my heart, and that is black fatherhood. And uh, with that being said, we're going to get right into it. I do have two special guests with me, and uh, age ranges are different, experiences are different, but nonetheless... They are black fathers. And with that, I want to introduce those guests. And we're go- I'm going to introduce them. And um, I think it's going to be an inter- interesting conversation. So uh, I want to introduce first Mr. Mike Furness. Mike, how we doing today, sir? Doing wonderful, doing wonderful. Glad to be here. Yes, sir. And then uh, my, 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 my partner in crime that I've been riding with for a long time, Mr. Ed Mills. Ed, how you doing th- today, sir? I'm doing all right. Just glad to be here, be a part of the conversation. All right, all right, all right. I'm 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 glad you guys are here. Um, and we're gonna have this uh this 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 particular type of conversation because again, this is something near and dear to my heart. Um, all of us are fathers. Like I said earlier, we're different age ranges. We come from different backgrounds, uh, different geographical regions, and everything. But one thing that is constant 
uh, in our experiences is that we are black fathers. Um, I really want to get into, you know, knowing about, you know, what are some of the joys of being the black father? We'll actually start with that first because oftentimes a lot of people talk about the negative, you know, the negative side of black fatherhood and stuff like that. So we don't really want to start off with in, in that light, in that vein. We want to talk about some of the joys of actually being a black father. If anybody wants to just jump in and start talking about that, you, you're more than welcome to do so. And um, like I said, let's, let's just get it cracking, man. What are some of the joys of being a black father? Me, from my experience, I I love being a black father. I love, and I'm in love with being a father. You know, it's just, it's no greater feeling in the world just to see a child grow from uh, childhood to going into an adulthood. Um, it's been my experience. Whereas, um, you know, you, you take great pride in um, having something to do with the development of your child, okay. and just just to see and be see your blessing. And that's what I call it. It's, it's a blessing to be a father and just to see that life form come into its own. It's, um, it's a wonderful experience. I would definitely agree with a lot of that. Um, like I say, you and I go way back. So I know a lot about your history. <clears throat> I was there when um, your daughter was born. Uh, I remember you talking about wanting to be a father and everything and um, how a lot of what your father did, how he impacted your life. And, um, and I see a lot of that, what you talk now, I never met your father, but I do remember you talking about him a lot. And I see a lot of the way you talk about him. I see the way that you carry out your, your, your style of fatherhood with your daughter and um, kind of talk about, your, your child, you, you only have the one, right? And, yep. and kind of talk about, you know, her for a minute. What, what is it that brings you joy about your, your daughter? Well, I, I actually got a chance to see uh, her being, becoming a well-rounded individual, whereas um, she's great in school. She, she's a great athlete as well. And she carries herself in her community where she's a community activist, which I'm very proud of Okay. because she has a genuine heart for the various, various types of people. It's not just one sided where she's all female or anything like that, but she's, she's against the injustice that goes on in the neighborhoods. Mm. Okay. And just to see that um, for her to develop in that manner, and I didn't really say, hey, I need you to do this. I want you to do this. This is something that it naturally developed in her. But, again, I do say things do come from genetics because I was in a community activist myself. And just to see her grow into it for herself without any outside influence from me, um, I'm, I'm glad to see her grow that route. And then, you know, by her going that route, I can keep her encouraged and help give her um, mental and um, sound strength in her personality and character where she can go on and, and be the best person she can be for herself and the community. Okay. So, but you, you did contribute 
something to that type of development in order for her to become the individual that she that she is today. Of course, you know, I've had to keep her encouraged because when you see a, a child going into something that they enjoy doing, especially when it's positive, you have to jump in there and um, and do what you can. You know, it's like um, being a um, character personal trainer. You know, you got to help them build 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 up their, their their strength in it. So you you want them to be strong enough to survive and carry on. So you have to help bench, help them bench press and, and push them and, and train them along. And I, I see that it's working out very well with her. Yeah, because I remember just seeing you and then, <clears throat> pardon me, just seeing you and then you telling me about a lot, of, a lot of the responses or even me seeing some of the responses of people that always saw your daughter with you. No matter where you went, uh, at a young age, your daughter was always always with you. You always had her with you, with, with, no matter what. And that was something that um, impressed a lot of people, uh, because I guess typically they don't see a lot of men, and in this case, uh, black fathers with their children with them on a consistent basis without without the mother being present. And that's something that I know personally that I experienced from you. Um, can you talk about that just a little bit? What, what led to that? What, what, um, what was the thought process in that? I know that might be a simple question and people can probably just be like, Oh, you know, he loved his daughter, but what was your, what was kind of your thinking behind, behind always having her with you? Well, it was, um, I wanted her to see a positive, um, I want to have her to have a positive role model as a father, because you always see um, those situations where women looking for their father and other dudes and stuff like that when Mm -hmm. he's not there, when he wasn't wasn't present. So she's looking for her idea of a guy through something that she has no reference behind. Mm -hmm. But with my daughter, she gets a chance to see, she got a chance to see me, how I dealt with other people, how I was fair with people, and how I treated people. And it gave her a good example of how she can carry herself and and, and stay well-mannered and uh, well-respected. You know, you don't have to do and be outrageous just to be noticed or, or admired. So I want to give her that aspect. Um, Another reason why she was around me a lot because I really, like I said, I really enjoyed being a father. There it is. You know, and I, and I was, a, I was proud to be a father. And and my father, he always had that thing. This is my son. This is my sons. These are these are my sons. This is my daughter. And I, I was able to carry that out and say, Hey, this is my daughter. And you know, and I, I love having her around, and I, I love being an inspiration for. Her. But I also want people to see that there's nothing wrong. There's no stigma, bad stigma with being a father. You know, and that's another thing, you know, you know, people are like, oh, my kids, uh, I got to do this for my kids. No, it's not like that. You know, I, I do, I'm doing it because I love doing it. Yeah. You know, it's not because I'm forced to do it. You know, granted, yeah, you should be the one that help provide and, and provide for your children and stuff. But, 
there's all way, all kinds of ways of providing and giving them um, work, self-worth and character building is just as good as child support payments. You know, you know, you, you, you support your child in more than just finances. And that's what's really important to the child. And I found out as, as my daughter has progressed and she'll be 18 here in a couple of weeks that, you know, I, I see how that helped out and it, and you know, how she developed. And we still have a great report to this day. And, you know, all that rebel rebellion and stuff like that, you know, we still laugh, we talk, um, we sharing things and learning and stuff. And yeah. that's what's really important. Okay. It's important to me just as it's, it's important to me as it is important to her. Right, right. And, 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 and this is one of the reasons why I want to actually do this type of a podcast because, you know, for the most part, you don't hear stories about the proud black father. Not, not, not by and large. Like you can, like, in other words, like, like, can you go to a store and pick up a magazine talk, talking about the joys of, of fatherhood or the joys of black being a black father? Can you pick up that type of information? Is that something that's readily available? on the internet where you can just pick that up and then, you know, how, like where, or how you are expressing your joy about being a father, you know, to your daughter, you know, like is, is that readily available? And, and the reason I'm bringing that up is because it, it would make a difference in the way people view us. Uh, certainly our women view us, you know what I mean? And, and in particular our women, because they don't have that, they don't have that, um, in large scale, you know, like they would have it for, you know, black, black men being painted in a negative light. Like we hear all the horror stories about, you know, black men being negative, no good, low down, uh, shiftless. And the new one is, is, is the, is uh black men are the weakest link, stuff like that. So we got to get to a point where we start to create stories and tell our own stories and talk about, what it is to be a black father specifically. It's okay that, you know, I, I could say father all day long and that would generalize and put everybody in that same box, but black father specifically, because all of us are face are, are fighting a, 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 a negativity, a stigma that black men are shiftless, no good. You know, we have children just scrolled all around, you know, the, 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 the country and we're, 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 we're not being responsible. So I love hearing that from you and hopefully you know the audience will be able to you know uh, pick up on your passion about you being a father uh, Mike how about you man um, what what did you know what are some of the joys of, of actually being being a father and how long have you been a father and are we talking about boy girl I mean I, I already know but I want you I want you to talk about it well, um, for starters, um, I have a little girl and she's seven. So, you know, she, she, she's still in, in, in that, that baby phase and, you know, things like that. But I mean, like, I think like, like you said, you know, the joys of, of fatherhood is like, it's so much to it to where like me as a father, my greatest moments is seeing my daughter open her eyes for the first time. Mm. I cut the umbilical cord. There you go. And so. Mm-hmm. And so that level of responsibility that God gave me and saying like, hey, 
you know, I'm entrusting you with this life to raise her up, you know, right. You know, and so I took that well because like my parents were very loving, you know, uh, when they were here. So I'm like, I'm going to pass that on. And it's also the thing about, and I think a lot of people miss it, is that as a black man, the most proudest thing you can ever do is to create a lineage. Because when when you leave this world, the people that you leave behind you Mm. are going to be the people that carry on your legacy in your name. Yes, sir. And so my thing is that I want to populate the world with people who make change, not people who are the the effects of change. So that's and so that that was me was that one. Just like just like, you know, um, you know, whether it be holding my daughter for the first time or the first time she walked and it it just that those first you can actually this is the person that you had your first with like she's. You know, I've seen her take her first steps, take her first breath, her first Christmas. Yeah. Those moments are so special. Like you can't recreate those. That's right. not things that, right. you know, it's like it, I, I take it like when when me seeing my daughter walk for the first time, it's like going into Tars R Us and you having fifty dollars in your pocket. Mm-hmm. You going that level of excitement cannot be cannot be vocalized. But it but it's also is that is that you got someone to love where the piece that you're missing in your life. And that's the part most people don't share because when you are, when you live in life, you go through your highs and your lows. But when you look at your child, your child should be your, your motivation. It should be something you can look to and say, Hey, you know what? You're motivating me to be a better person. You're motivating me to be a better role model, to be just, to just overall be better. Yeah. And that's that, that was that's the joys I get from it. It's okay. just that it not only created growth, but it also gave me a chance to leave a legacy behind. So, you know, that the things that I learned in this lifetime, I can pass down to her for starters. And if, if God says the same, my other children to come. Got it. Got it. I love it. I've seen both of your daughters. Uh, Mike, I've seen yours only through uh, photographs. We have we've known each other for a while, but I've only been able to see yours in in, in, in photographs. Lovely daughter, she's a beautiful young lady. <clears throat> Ed, I've known yours for a, a, a long time. Uh, I was designated Godfather. <clears throat> mm-hmm. I love that title, um, and uh, I've seen her grow up. It you know not on a consistent basis because, you know, geographical reasons, stuff like that. But I've, I've known her through you for the times that I wasn't able to actually physically see her. I've known her through you and both of you guys, beautiful daughters. Um, the one thing I can say for a certainty is that what I've gotten from both of you gentlemen is that fatherhood is something that both of you really take a lot of pride in, you know, Mike, I've heard you, mm-hmm. you know, uh, you know, I'm going to see my, my, you know, my little girl. That's something we'll get into a little bit later, but I'm going to see my, you know, my baby. I'm going to see my little girl, stuff like that. And, and again, this is, this is something that is not necessarily talked about uh, again, like in large scale where you hear about this type of stuff. And I think by and large black men, we need to start creating that, that space for us. And then we need to start narrating our own stories behind being a father. 
And um, that's something that, you know, that, that I intended to do here, not with just this episode, but hopefully with more to come. Now, me, I have two children. I was there for the birth of both. Saw the pain. I saw uh, so much during that, during that time of pregnancy. Not even going to lie. When you go into that birthing room and you get to see that newly formed life that was created in the womb of, of, of their mother being birthed forth from that womb, my first one, bro, look, I ain't no punk, but I, I ain't going to lie, man. I was in tears, man, because that was a trip. You know, it changes your perspective. Mike, like you were talking about, it changes your perspective basically on, on who you are, on the responsibility that, 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 now, that you have to now shoulder. And it humbles you, you know, from seeing something like that. You, you really get humbled by, by, you know, witnessing that process. And uh, for me, one of, the, one of the greatest joys was, was being there and being one of the persons that they could rely on, you know, in terms of being taken care of. You know, you're talking about, you know, I would get up, you know, because my, cause my son drunk formula um, at the time. So I would get up. I made the formula, you know. I didn't have a problem with changing diapers or anything like that. Um, children would take naps on my, on my chest, which I absolutely love. And it seemed like they, they had better rest and was more at peace when they laid on my chest, you know? Secure. And, and secure, exactly. And they were able to, um, you know, f- feel a sense of peace during, during that time frame, And, uh, Man, it's just it's just it's just one of those things where nothing else can actually compete or compare to having that kind of experience when you when you when you are or a budding father. And even up until now, still still being that parent, my children are adult, but uh, parenting never stops. Nope, guidance never stops. So one of the things that I know I can pride myself on now, whether they take the information or not, it's not upon me, but at least I can give some type of advice or perspective to them as they're still continuing to grow. So, so parenthood never stops. Fatherhood never stops. Fatherhood is not celebrated in the sense that it should be because of the way society minimizes fathers, particularly in this, in this country, but fatherhood is a big thing. And once I think we start to respect and understand the position of fathers, I think you'll have a lot more balance that will actually help to guide the children a little bit further than where, than, 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 than where they are now. Um, but yeah, man, fatherhood is a, fatherhood is a, is a, is a big thing. Second question, and anybody can jump in on this one. What are some of the struggles of, uh, of being a black father? What do you guys think are some of the struggles of being a black father? Well, one of them I, I found is um, being relevant as a father. You know, a lot of people understand that, you know, um, we as black fathers, since it's such a big cloud 
the uh, dark cloud that's over us and we're not seen. We, we're um, considered irrelevant, man. And the narrative becomes, well, if there's no good black fathers or most of these guys, black men are having babies, but they're not being fathers. You know, I just want to jump in. I just want to jump in. I just want to jump in to kind of um, verify what you just said. I, I heard, and it was a long chain, uh, I was watching something on social media where it was a young black girl, young black lady, that literally asked the question, what do fathers do? And she said it kind of like in a demeaning, sarcastic type of way or whatever the case may be. But she, she literally asked the question, what do fathers do? And her sentiment was fathers didn't don't do anything like, like fathers don't absolutely do nothing at all. And I think that's problematic, you know, to, to your point, that's very problematic, but I'm sorry, I just wanted to interrupt and, and kind of verify exactly what you were talking about uh, and how, you know, that they make fathers kind of irrelevant and the relevancy of fathers would actually help out uh, tremendously if you, if the people would see how 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 important fathers are. But go ahead. I'm sorry. I just wanted to put that out there. No, no, you, you're correct. Uh, a lot of them haven't even seen what uh, where a father is relevant because they've been told um, stereotypically. They've been, and they've been told by bitter mothers um that the father is irrelevant or what does they do they really do you know some of these children or some of these young ladies and and young people period haven't seen uh, their father they probably had their father in their lives but they don't remember um three or four years when they three and four years old and stuff like that um having their father around so when the father's no longer around, um, they, they go into what is their relevance? Who, who, what does a father do? Um, and I, I think it's a sad case because, you know, there are a lot of fathers out there, a lot of black fathers out there that's doing everything they can for their children. Um, and that's the other part. Because we don't, we're not showering our children with eight hundred dollar gifts all the time. That doesn't mean that we're not fathers. You know, we're still fathers. Because fathers but, but to take the, your child farther than yourself. Absolutely, but that's the problem that we have in this country is that you know fatherhood is basically relegated to, you know, provision. Price tag. You know, right? Pr- yep. Price tag provision. I mean, I mean, Mike, am, 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 am I wrong or no? Um... No, uh, you're not wrong because it's always been 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 a a subtle fact because like you know, Mr. like Ed, to, to piggyback on what you said, and and they're like it, it, we go back to the to the thing of this, the women who have uh, the women women who who, who say those statements are ninety percent ninety percent of the time products of absentee fathers, mm, okay. so you can't you can't see the value of what you never had. Because, because it, you know, it, it's like, hey, I don't, you know, I don't see the value in a Rolls Royce because I don't have one. And so 
when you transition over to a father, it's always because the man is known as the provider, which hence opens the wallet. But they, but they, but they, but they deviate from the actual roles and responsibilities of the father. It's not just solely to provide. It's also is to protect and to instill discipline mm -hmm. and to also educate. Okay. Because I don't care what no one says. It takes a man and a woman to raise a child. A woman can, I, I, I respect every single, single mother. I respect them. But you you can't be the father and the mother. That's that that's 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 wrong, and that you you can't you shouldn't live by that. We as children children need that father figure because not just a male child but a female child as well. Because mm -hmm. if you go back to the Bible, the Bible says if you raise your child up right, they shall not depart. Right. That's biblical. Right. But then it also says it takes a village to raise a child. But what is part of a village? The village is a man. A man is if the man is the lead, then that means that there, it has to be a man in the village. But uh, I'm not talking about sperm donors, but I'm talking about men. Yeah. There's a difference mm -hmm. because and see, that's why I feel like we got to bring that back. We have to resurrect the spirit of the true black father. And which brings me to this point, And I'm glad you guys are saying exactly what you're saying. Some of what you said might actually be another topic of discussion that we can have, you know, a little bit later. But what what I often think about uh, relating to what you just stated was uh, a collective of black men in the neighborhood. Like I grew up under that. You know what I'm saying? I grew up. Under, my neighborhood was the type of neighborhood where everybody's eyes was on not necessarily your, your children, but we had a, we had a, our own community watch, whether, you, uh -huh. whether, whether it was somebody watching from the window or somebody literally on the streets, you know, watching. I'm not saying that things didn't happen that were bad or negative or anything like that. I'm, I'm not saying crime didn't, um, didn't happen. But what I am saying is that we had a community that was, that had a sense of community. If I did something that uh, my neighbor saw me do and she was friends with my parent or with my, you know, with, with anybody in my household, she knew that she could literally go and tell on me and get me in trouble. Because she knew I wasn't supposed to do that. She knew I wasn't supposed to do it. So I bring that up to say, and I know, and I, and I know we're in a different time frame uh, because everybody has this... Um, ideology that you should mind your own business. I think that is so detrimental to the, the, the society at large and definitely detrimental to our community because how can you mind your business when so much is actually going on in our community that needs to be, that needs to be cleaned up. You can't mind your business. You can't mind your own business today. You can't do it. But that, is something that we have absorbed to the degree that it's actually hindered us in our community from, from doing exactly what needs to be done in our community. Um, so as a collective of black men, if we, if we had, if, if, if black men were to get together as a collective and begin to do some of the stuff that you kind of, that you kind of talked about the village mentality, I think we'd be in a better place overnight 
if black men began to do to begin to do just that. Now here's the part about that though. Black men have to ex- exclusively do it. And what I mean by that is is that black men void of 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 of, of our sisters of, of black women has to begin to solve our own issues, pull ourselves together, our own resources, and begin that type of community development and community policing and community protection. Because it's okay if one man does it, but what good if it what good is the one if the one man does it by himself and then the rest of the men in the community has that mind your own business mentality. That means if the one man is the only one to protect the community, if you snuff out that one man, the community the community becomes vulnerable. Mm-hmm. So we have to do it as a as a collective. You can't do it as an individual. Same thing with black father. Same thing with black fatherhood. We have to do it as a collective. We have to get to a point where we're seeing after the well being of each and every last black child that is in our community and making sure that they are okay. Well, I wanted to, was going to reiterate. Well, I was going to reiterate was um, the fact that our community is our business. Yes, and you know, for everybody to tell you not to mind your own business, but well, you minding your business when you're taking care of your community, right. and when you're watching other children. You know, before I became a father, I was a um, pretty much the big brother in the neighborhood. Pretty much. Um, you know, I, I, I babysat. You know, I made sure the children was washed over. And when things broke out, I was one of the first ones to get them out of harm's way because I didn't want nothing to happen. I understood where, who the children were and who they could be. So, yeah, it, it is my business. It is our business when we step in there and we say, hey, a hey, child getting off the chain or if they don't want to hear it, that, and, and they want to fight you on that, uh, argue with you. And that there's no argument. The child was wrong, and you talk told the other parent or somebody else's parent that the child was out of line or was, was wrong or in harm's way. We need to uh, find a way to keep that from happening again. You know, if the parent does, it's that parent's responsibility after that. But we as black fathers, when we come in and we say something about it, we don't have to say it in no negative way. Yeah, and right now we're in a situa- uh, politically correct society where right. where we have to find these eloquent words to say instead of this actually this flat out saying this would happen. Yeah. You know, this is what's going on. Your child is disrespectful. Your child ran out in the street. Um your child was off down the street here, or you know, uh, you know, I, I called the mother up, or I say, hey, I, I just found your son, your son up the street here, and they was hanging out with these guys, and they're not, or, or they was hanging out with people that's unsavory character. Yeah, yeah, and that falls under you know? that falls under you know th- everything that we're saying to me falls up under the title of fatherhood. You're 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 fathering not only your individual. Um, children, but you're also fathering that community. Mm-hmm. What you also mentioned was some of the struggles that we come up under. You know, when we try when we try to become that father to that to that specific community. But um, 
But, you know, I, I love the dialogue. I love where things are going. You know, I love where we're, we're talking about, you know, the joys of being a father and some of the struggles that we're, that we're undergoing and, and things like that. I want to ask uh, a couple of more questions and then, you know, we can pretty much wrap it up. One question being from your own individual perspective, what has been something you're most proud of, not only from your child, because a lot of us can zoom right in on our child and say, you know, oh man, I'm, I'm really proud that my daughter did X, Y, and Z in math today. She got a good grade and, and that type of thing. But not only from your child, but what's, what's something that you've been most proud of as a father? And anybody can jump well, in. Well, I was going to say um, the fact that uh, I've done such a decent job with my daughter, and she's made me legendary somewhat to well, her you friends. Tell, so when they, tell you were telling me about that, right, right. You know, so her friends just are delighted to meet me, or they they love to say, hi, Mr. Mills, or she's FaceTime. Hi, Mr. Can I say hi to your dad? And she could be in another room, and she had to come in from the other room just so her, or her friends can say hi. And they feel comfortable around me as though I'm their father figure as well. Nice. And I, I, I love that feeling. And, it's, um, and I, I found that to happen with her friend's parents. And they're happy to meet me because of the way she is presenting herself within her own community and her own circles. Got it. Got it. Mike, what about yourself? Um, I would say it's the ability to mentor because, you know, when you become a father, it's like, like, like you said er earlier, like being a role model. And so when you start becoming a role model, like it's more eyes on you than your kids. And so like, I, I look at my cousins and, you know, and I, and I see like their father may not be doing everything he should do, but instead of me condemning him for that, which is not my place, I say, Hey, you know what? Let me be more of a mentor to them to kind of steer them in that path that they need to go be that positive motivation and where, where, you know, that father-like figure for them. Yeah. And so okay. that's, a, that's what I actually like, enjoy. It's like, you know, it's like whenever you can influence someone to do, to do better, that's what, that's what means a lot because, you know, you know, because you look at it like, Hey, cause every, everybody says my daughter's spoiled, but I'm like, do you understand how she's spoiled? She, it, she's because like, you know, I teach her, school thing like she she always is doing something in in school you know that you know whether it's getting good grades and stuff like that and so you're supposed to reward them in those categories not because it's like not the fact that you know you're paying them to get grades but when you reward them that makes a child feel better about uh about accomplishing that yeah. It's like in, in, uh, it's like on your job recognition yeah yeah children Agreed. children want that recognition to Agreed. know and know and their positive upliftment. And so I like that beyond the father scope. Like give it not don't just give it to your children, but spread it on to, to your family. And then, you know, like you said, that, that community thing is like, you know, I grew up, if you ever look up Hazel, Mississippi on the map, 
there's one place, it's a city called Hazelhurst. I grew up in Cedar Bend Apartments. And literally those apartments there, almost everybody was family. Like my mom, she she would feed feed other people's kids. She yeah, didn't care. Yeah. Every yeah. every Saturday, so the, the routine was every Saturday morning at 7 a.m. I got up, um, you know, I cleaned up the house, washed the dishes, and then I played my my game system. And then I went outside with my friends. I was not a house guy. I I, I stayed outside with my friends. Yeah. When the streetlights came on, I'm in the house getting ready to go to bed. But and so and so, uh, you know, when things went on inside of the the um, our apartment complex, you know, it affected everybody. It wasn't just it, it wasn't just this one house, but it affected everybody. Because we used to have we had a lady there who she she um you know she lost um, her job and couldn't afford food. Everybody in that apartment complex pulled together and bought groceries for them. Yeah. You know, and so when my dad got di- got diagnosed with um, heart failure, and so everybody came together for us and was like, hey, you know what? We, you know, they dropped off bags of groceries. They're like, hey, we got you. You know, and that was the, that's what created that, that culture. Yeah. And, you know, those things is like, like you said, is that, Bring it back to village, like you know, like when you know, like hey, knowing that hey, I should if there's something wrong, I know I shouldn't be doing it. Not that it's not about how it affects you. That's the that's the main biggest thing. Though it doesn't matter, like when you do wrong, it doesn't matter how it affects you, but it it, it matters how it's going to affect that next person. Because as a father, your actions don't affect you directly; they affect your child. Because when they take you away out the picture, hey, that is going to be a direct reflection on your child because they're going to ha- there's a part of their heart gone because you want to be foolish or yeah. you want to do things that you know you know are wrong. So you know, g- giving that, that that good understanding of right from wrong and mentoring the right way to teaching teaching and guiding properly. Yeah, uh-huh. yeah, totally, totally get it. Positive affirmation. Yeah. yeah, I absolutely agree. One of my mine would be uh, at this stage in the game, definitely, definitely, and and it's right along with what you were talking about, Mike. Is is being a person where my children can come to me to seek advice, and that's the thing. So I can either give them, which really is the best te- for teachers, is life experiences, is to be able to give mm-hmm. concrete advice, you know, and and then guide them in that manner. So, so absolutely, that's been one of my proudest moments. And then having them to adhere to that, because it's one thing to give the advice, but it's something totally different for your child to go opposite of what you 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 try to give them advice on. But when you give give them that advice and they begin to adhere to that advice and take on that take on that information, that's one of the greatest joys because you're seeing in real time you your your fatherhood. Or your or your mindset as a father being being exemplified through your through your child, and I think that's that's one of the greatest things for me. Um, man, one of the things I wanted to kind of do was also talk about some of the negative side of it, but I don't I don't because because that story's been played <laughs> played. We hear about the child support system. We hear about you know some of the some of the negative things that men have had to go through because of their their children's mother. Um. And I didn't want to kind of open that box up because I, but th- this show doesn't want to put 
any anything negative against any of our women. But with that being said as well, I also want to acknowledge the truth. Both, and, 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 and I'm saying this uh, because this lines up with some of the struggles that a lot of black men have to go through with, with raising their children. Um, Ed, I think you kind of brought it up. You're talking about the child support system. You're talking about um, prison to prison to, um, you know, um, school to prison pipeline. You're talking about, um, you know, just negative stereotypes that black men actually have to go through, you know, and being a negative. Because the one thing about it is that we have to remember that every negative stereotype, even though some people might claim that they don't pay attention to it, it's ingrained in the subconscious. So once you do something that kind of lines up with that negative stereotype, there's an activation that goes on in the mind of people, even though people are kind of optimistic about you being not being that stereotype. Once you do one little thing that kind of plays out in line with that stereotype, that stereotype becomes activated in the subconscious mind of the, of the individual that took on this, that took on that, that, that information. So we got a lot of stuff that's stacked against us. And I think one of the things that, that, that could readily be done is if we as black men start to become way more vocal because, because a lot of times we're not vocal enough. We're not vocal enough to let people know some of our struggles, let people know some of our, um, some of our, some of the things that we advance in stuff like that. So we got to get to a point where we, we, you know, definitely start to be more vocal and tell our story, you know? And, uh, I think once that begins to be shown on a consistent basis and starts to resonate in people, then they'll be, a, they'll be more apt to pick it up because right now it's beat up on black man day. You know, regardless, it, no matter what it is, it's beat up on black man day, you know? And even though you and I, and, and Ed might be doing something right. We still can walk out of our front doors and have that bullseye on our back because of the negative stereotypes and the portrayals of black men that's been, you know, plastered on um, shows like, you know, cops or something like that. Because again, we're not given, we're not given, we're not given that opportunity to show what we could do in a, in a positive light, you know, as black fathers and black men. Um, Man, time is going by fast. You guys, either one of you guys, anything got anything you kind of want to add to it as we as we begin to close out? The only thing I was going to say is um, we we have to stay as strong as we can, even with the um, we, we do have targets on our backs, and, and you know it's always viewed as even if somebody doesn't know us, they turn around and they say, "Oh, here comes another one." And um, that negative, that negativity, goes plays a big part into the negative stereotypes of fatherhood, um, black fatherhood, or, or the lack thereof. Because they don't see as many black fathers that there are out there. There's a lot of good. It's right. a lot of great black fathers out there, and it's a lot of right. great. There's a lot of black fathers that strive to be there in their, their, their families. And some are not even given the opportunity or the chance to actually express who they can be and they can't develop 
in their own fatherhood. And that's the hardest part about or the negative things that I see happening with the, the black father and black fatherhood is sometimes um, with all the stereotypes already wedged in between what we can be and what we want to be. Um, we have to fight that much harder to get through if we can or we allow to get through. But some walls are almost impenetrable. And it's up to us. But I think, but I think, but you're right. But I think some of the reason why the the walls seem to be impenetrable is because we're not vocal enough. We're we're not vocal enough. It's like, it's like, it's, it's almost to the degree that some of us are so beaten down, you know, and it seems like, you know, we got so much stacked against us that whatever we do is not going to be enough to have somebody look at us a little bit different. So we begin to practice some, you know, some things, some escapism type practices to try to, you know, get us through, um, you know, the things that we're going through. But um, real quick, I want to highlight something for you, uh, Ed. And that is um, you now, you now have your daughter, you know, Mm -hmm. with you and you are a single father. Yeah. Which is something else, which is something else that a lot of people don't realize is going on in the society. There are a lot of single fathers now, more so than ever, that are take taking care of their children. And it's a lot of black single fathers that are taking on the burden of caring for their children. Mm-hmm. And again, that's something that's not highlighted or not even discussed or talked about because it's like some people don't either want to hear that story or we're not vocal enough about that. We're not vocal enough. And, 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 and the fact that we have these different channels now where we can independently begin to, to talk about that type of stuff should readily be accessed and should be, should be shouted to the rafters and celebrated again. Like I said, we got to begin to start celebrating ourselves. Mm-hmm. We got to start celebrating our you know, successes. We got to start being support for, for each other as men. And, 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 that, and that doesn't diminish our manhood. But at, at, but at this point, we have to start being in a position where we share resources with us as black men and start to develop that sense of community and collectivism because if nobody else is going to do it, we're going to have to do it ourselves. There's too much that's stacked against us at this point. And for the most part, I'm hearing a lot of our women, especially today, the young ones now. When I sit back and I hear, which is kind of what prompted this episode, when I sit back and I hear on a consistent basis that black men are the weakest link, black men are um, basically obsolete, stuff like that, when I hear that, it 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 kind of shakes me to my core to think that that kind of conversation is being had by black women, mm-hmm. young and old. Like I get young and old. Like I get it. You have your degrees. You got everything else. You know, it, w- which makes you feel like you're you know you're independent. You're above everybody else or above black men at that point, which is another topic of discussion because some does some some do feel that way. 
not all, but some do feel that way. But if nobody's going to talk about us, we have to begin to talk about us and we have to become, we have to start being more vocal, way more vocal than we have ever had before. Cause one of the things that black men do, we might internalize it, take it to a barbershop, take it to somebody private, talk to them or discuss it with them in private. And then it stops there. So they know our story. The barbershop may know our story, but the world at large doesn't know our story. So we have to start, with a broad brush, start painting our own story. We got to start doing that. And we got to start doing it a little bit more consistent. But yes, ab- absolutely. But Ed, single father, I salute you, sir. And and that's something that should be saluted for even taking on the task. Perfect. For any black man that's out there, exactly, for any black man out there that has shouldered, shouldered the responsibility for becoming a single father, you are saluted. You you are you are you are you are in my book, you know, head 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 and above shoulders of anybody else, because that is that is that is a that is a task. And it's not to minimize anything that a mother would do, but at the same time, you gotta celebrate a father that would take on that type of that type of responsibility. Big Mike, what about you, man? I would say the same, man. It's like, you know, it's that, you know, it, it's one of those, those, um, I would say that those things you can't, can't necessarily just like, you know, you know, like, just like, you know, uh, elaborate really in, into wordplay because, you know, the responsibility that comes along with it and, and think, and, you know, the, the, I would say the level of trust that you gain along with it, it's like, it's like actually astonishing. So I always respect the single father as well. And, you know, because like me and my child's mom raised, raised my daughter separately, but, but we do it collectively. And so Mm -hmm. it's like, you know, um, but I enjoy the time, uh, see, I enjoy the quality time. That's, Mm -hmm. that's, that's one of the, that's the, that's the biggest thing. And yeah. so, you know, it's just that so many people don't don't take advantage of that. Like when those kids are small, man, spend as much time with them as you can, you know, just yeah. create that bond. It is it, you know, you should always have a bond with your your um your child that's strong because so they can trust you to be able to open up to you about what they're going through. Because right. you know, you, you got kids like now bullying you. Bullying, whether it be physical or cyber, is at an all-time high, and that's why you need you need that in-home father. You don't need that, um, you know that you know that that pop in. You, you don't need that. Right. You need you right. need consistent guidance. Children need consistent guidance, and you know, and to, to be quite frank and honest with you, to be to to be a black father, you got to actually lead the women too. Because they need that guidance too. Because them seeing you, them seeing you guide a child, because you know that that stabilizes the household, you know, and showing the importance. Because in a lot of cases, it's it's typically the the man who is the the budgetor, not the not the the frivolous spender. 
but in some cases it's the other way. So it's that, you know, oh, so you, 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 you about to, you about to trigger, <laughs> about to trigger some stuff, man. <laughs> you about to trigger some stuff, man. Oh, we got to get on that Bruce Lee now, boy. Yeah. But but I, but I know but I know where you're coming from. I definitely know where you're coming from when you when you're saying what you're saying. Uh, it, it but see that's another episode. That's totally another episode where you know if you guys want to, we can delve off into that because I got a I got a book. I got a book that kind of talks about some of the stuff that you're talking about right now, and it was written by uh, a phenomenal uh, young lady. Uh, by the her first name is Ro. I can't pronounce her last name, but because it's French, I don't speak French, you know, but uh, she wrote a book called Man, Man, Man Leads. And she talked about that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. She talked about that. The book is called Man Leads. Uh, it was a pretty good, it was a pretty good seller. I can't say it was a bestseller because I haven't looked it up uh, yet, but I have the book. I bought it because I was interested in knowing what she had to say as a woman, you know, in that perspective, because a lot of times, you you know, we're always hearing about this equality type thing and, you know, um, women should be on the same playing field as men and stuff like that. And, and, and I get it. I get it. But the problem is with something like that. And again, we're going off into not necessarily uncharted territory, but we're going off into a different territory. The problem with that is, is that when you have the same, I've, I always tell people that two things Two things cannot occupy the same space at the same time. It's just not going to happen. And what I mean by that is, is that if you have, if you have in this case, in this case, in a relationship, if both energies are the same, one is, they're going to cancel each other out. So if my energy is masculine and my woman's energy is masculine, we're going to cancel each other out because it wasn't set up that way. Nature wasn't set up that way. So I can't have, I can't be masculine and she be masculine. Somebody's always got to be, and that's, it's like that everywhere. And, you know, I did some, I did some, um, some sheet metal work and I used to watch the electricians, you know, uh, set up, you know, um, the boxes and everything for the electricity to run through, you know, and then even in certain components, there's what's called a slave and a master. There's a master and there's a slave. Please don't misinterpret what I'm saying. Please do not misinterpret what I'm saying. But I'm using that analogy to say that there, there has to be an opposite in order, for, in order for that to work. That's why you got a yin and a yang. You got a negative and a positive, mm-hmm. right? Two charges. You can't have two, two charges. You can't have the same thing to try to occupy the same space because one is going to cancel one out. They're going to cancel each other out. You got, you got a magnet that has a positive side and a negative side. If you turn the magnets to both the positive side, they're going to repel each other. They repel. They don't attract. They repel. Unlike attracts, like repels. So, so if, you come into a, if you come into a relationship thinking that you're going to be masculine, right, and that's in any, any aspect of it, know that you're not going to get what you, what, what you expect. It's not going to happen. You're not going to get what you expect. And I think a lot of people, a lot of women are under the impression that I can come in that way and be very demanding, be very, be very strong, be very masculine in that regard. And then all of a sudden you're supposed to get 
this man is just is going to put up with that. Our natures, our natures are, are, are not built that way. Our natures are not going to be built that way. Either you're going to end up with a very docile or submissive man, which you're not going to respect. We kind of got off topic, but you brought up a lot. Either you're going to have a docile, submissive man, which, which at one point she's not going to respect because her nature, her nature requires and demands a man that is masculine. Period. That's her nature. I'm not talking about her thought process. I'm talking about her nature. She requires a man, a masculine man, not toxic masculinity, which is some made up word, but a masculine man. So two energies are not going to be able to occupy the same space at the same time. It's just not going to happen. It's just, it's not going to happen. You can only have one alpha dog. You can only have one. You can't have two alphas. It's not going to happen. But anyway, um, man, we are at that hour. Um, don't take long. I want to, no, nah, it don't take long at all. How you guys feeling so far, man? I mean, it, it you know, um, I mean, how do you guys kind of feel about the conversation? What, what, what do you think that, that, you know, we could have, you know, done a little bit more, you know, in terms of um, expressing, you know, um, our answers to those questions and, and stuff like that. And then, you know, we'll, we'll go ahead and, uh, we'll go ahead and get some thought process on that. And then, uh, you know, take it from there. Now, um, what I would say, I wouldn't say anything different because this is the beginning. Uh, this just started the conversation, you know, uh-huh. you, 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 you're starting the chapter. And so it's like, sometimes when you first start, it's not about, uh, what they say, it's not about, um, how you, how you start, but how you finish. And so, I think as, as we get, as we went deeper into the conversation, you know, a lot of great viewpoints came up. And I think is that, like you said, like you said, this is just one episode, you know, this, you know, that's one thing. It, it spirit has the possibility to create further conversation, um, conversation and dialogue from this point and to see other actual viewpoints on different things. Okay. Oh, yeah, I absolutely agree. You know, this ain't but a beginning point. But, you know, again, as we we get together, no more episodes, we can more vocalize the very various aspects of um, fatherhood and black malehood in in our in our communities, in our families um, and how we become an extended family and not just individuals put together in in um in a area. Got it. I like it. I like it. I definitely want to thank both of you guys, man. Uh Ed's like my my big brother. Mike is my little brother. Ed, let me tell you something about this guy and I definitely go ahead and close it out. Mike Mike is a phenomenal young man, man. I mean if if you if you really were able to take it from me, you know me. You know, if I, if I plug somebody and I say they legit, they legit. You you know you know how I operate. You know how I work. Mm-hmm. And I just don't say that. I just don't say that about anybody. But Mike Mike is uh, and I'm not I'm not tooting his horn or anything like that. But my observations from 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 what I've seen by working with him and having conversations with him and things like that. That's a legitimate young man, man. And 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 he has a lot to offer and, and bring to the game. And um, Mike keep going. You know what I mean? Because one of you're one of the ones that is in that generation that is inspirational 
and people are watching you just like they're watching, just like they watched us. So, you know, keep going, man. And uh, every time I talk to you, I always learn something from you, which is, which is, which is the way it should be. You know, young people have a lot to offer, you know, and we should be open to listen to what they have to say and internalize, you know, the good of it and, and, and ride along with it. Because, you know, from, from what I was told, you know, you're supposed to seek knowledge from the cradle to the grave. So I, I, I thank you also, man, for, for everything that you've actually taught me. And thank you for actually being able to come on to this podcast and lend your experiences um, to this conversation. Mm-hmm. So thank both of you guys. No, sir. Thanks a lot. Thanks for the opportunity. Absolutely. This is the All Things Black Podcast. I'm your host, Mr. Black Ovation, and we are out.